Hello and welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football, an FM podcast with myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom. So, Tom, I, I, I threatened it and you said, no, we won't have a summer break. But guess what? We've had an off-season, a football podcast, having an, a, a summer off-season. What a surprise. So what, what's what been going on in our lives that has meant that... Uh, you know that we've we've let down our listeners. I know it's it's one of those. I didn't think we'd we were that uh, busy or important people that we actually did things with our weekends, but clearly clearly we are. So we've had to had to postpone or cancel a few pods where we decided we were going to record. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we've put our actual social lives ahead of this podcast on a couple of occasions, which I know is is pretty poor form on our part. But hey ho, um, out I'm of character. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think what we've actually done. What I've actually done. I went to the uh, British Grand Prix a couple weekends ago. That's a pretty that good, really good drop, fun. isn't it? Oh, I've just yeah, been to, was, just been to Silverstone. Fun. Yeah, that that was quite good fun. Um, you know, a few sort of family barbecues, that sort of thing, mm. which just meant that. Yeah. Um, and I got shot at at my friend Stagdu, so that was uh, I got shot at my that friend Joe Stagdu. That needs context. Yeah, no, it's paintball, uh, not the uh, no Shrewsbury hasn't suddenly become such a such a hotbed of gang violence that uh, that uh, you know I was in any mortal danger. Instead, we were uh, shot at by a mix of ages. Everything. It was a, a slightly mad paintball session. Had a mix of eleven-year-olds all the way up to grizzled sixty-year-olds, and I kid you not, the eleven-year-olds were better than us. They they put us to shame. They had energy. They were also smaller targets. You know, you can see why African warlords use child soldiers. Is all I'm saying from uh, <laughs> from my experience paintballing at Joe Stagdu, but. Uh, yeah, it was quite the quite the experience. And as I as I messaged you on that weekend, I don't want stag I don't want paintball for my stag do. Far too much like hard work and, and being punished just for just for trying to have fun. Because they do sting. They really do sting. I got one on the knuckles, which was particularly sore. Well, I'll I'll make sure that's not on the list. That, that's, that sounds quite good fun to me, but I I, I think it's more fun. When like you know everybody that's doing it, right? I guess mm. when you've got like you say random six-year-olds or eleven-year-olds, you know, mm. so I'd quite like to, you know, shoot my mates yeah. as opposed to shooting. Yeah, I could see you. I got one in. I got one in the left butt cheek, and I could see you being Not particularly you, proud that of way. that. Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew that's yeah. what you were going to say. Yeah, just. Maybe we should do that. We should just want to book out a whole paintball forest, just one on one, and sort of you know stealth mode. Book it out for a couple of days. A bit, a bit know, like a Alien versus Predator. Just... That's what that sounds like. We're going yeah. full Alien versus yeah. Predator. I'd be up for that. That'd be, that sounds like my sort of paintball vendetta. Paintball <laughs> vendetta. Well, on that note, should we let our listeners know a little bit about what's happening next weekend? It's a double bill of potential vendettas and one-on-one -on -one action is it not absolutely i think lou why don't you why don't you talk the listeners through well irrelevant to this podcast we are having our annual game of tennis which will end up with one of us in in heartbreak uh me today although i'm hoping to 
as with the change of guard at Wimbledon, that uh, there's a change of guard in our tennis rivalry. And then in the afternoon, more importantly for you guys, we will have another pod in person for the second round of our big FM matchup. And the Brazilian teams, the next level up. Yeah, the next level up. The Brazilian teams, the bigger budgets, the better players, it's going to be the next level and hopefully we can produce more than a single goal over over what was effectively 180 minutes of 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 virtual football yeah fluminense versus flamengo two teams that are, well we'll we'll go on to how well we're doing in leagues and cup competitions during this during this pod but two teams that are pretty much near the top of their game i'd say Tom, you know you uh, just said Flamengo, not Corinthians. Did I say did I really? You okay, did. That's not that's not a that's <laughs> not like a that's not an insight to what's going on. That's because do you know what that is? Because as I was about to announce it, I had to, I had to confirm to myself that you were managing Fluminense <laughs> as opposed to Flamengo. Yeah. So I clearly have Flamengo in my head. No, yeah. I'm definitely still manager of Corinthians. So it is Fluminense versus Corinthians, both at the top of their game. Play you and I, Lewis, will be at the top of our game in your in your house. It's going to be oh, it's going to be brilliant. I can't wait. I'm. It's, it was different from the last time when we did it over Zoom. I know there weren't many goals to score, but you know there's a there's a mm. limit on how much you can actually rub it. Yeah. Or I could have rubbed it in your face. Should I even score? <laughs> um, but this time oh, I can be you know, just two men. I'm waiting for you to sort of the... boot me out your house. Uh, yeah. Just two men, laptops and the whites of each other's eyes while pixels kick a football round on a screen. It's gonna be it's going to be uh yeah, a classic Lewis and Tom day full of co- competition and banter. So we're we're both well up for it. Yeah. I know I'm a hundred percent up for it. So We've we've had enough preamble this week, probably our longest preamble ever, I reckon, today. Do you want to jump straight in, Tom, and tell us how things are going on at Corinthians? I'll repeat, Corinthians, not Flamengo. Yeah, Corinthians, not Flamengo, that's right. Um, so, uh, to be honest with you, again, I know we haven't podded for what seems like uh, certainly a few weeks. Um, in fact, one of our listeners, Chris in touch with me it's, a, like, it's been too long now I've got to ask what's happened to the pod <laughs> uh, so I, I, I promised him I promised him it would be out on Monday because we planned to do this on Sunday night and again more things got in the way so we couldn't do it so Chris if you're listening apologies but it is out now uh, hopefully he's listening to this on his way to well, school I assume it's there still in term time and Hannah um, if you're still listening your family didn't get in the way honestly they didn't they you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> And also, just want to reiterate again, when I say my mate Chris, that he's it's still term time, he's a teacher, I'm not friends with sort of children, just to, <laughs> just to clarify what made up firmly on the record. <laughs> um, so, see, so yeah, I've, I've, I've only played, let's say, three games, um, which again isn't much, but it, it, took, it brought me to the end of the season. And if you remember, well, you, I don't expect people to remember, it's been far too long. Uh, but I've just won the Copa Sudamericana final, beating Bahia. Oh, I've done it again, mate. Bahia <laughs> in the yeah, in the, right. <laughs> of the Copa Sudamericana beat them one 0 and I was on the cusp of winning the Serie A to the top flight of Brazilian football. 
just needed well i needed effectively needed four points to win the title from my last three games um flamengo who obviously i don't manage and santos uh were the two teams that could have beat me to the title um and first game was up against sao paulo so obviously i couldn't have won the title at this point uh, but i could have made it pretty difficult not to only four points needed and we played Sao Paulo and we beat them 2-0. Diego Enrique, the man that's off to Chelsea at the end of the season, opening the scoring in the 10th minute. And then Fabao, Fabao, um, Fabao. making it 2-0 in the 31st minute. And it was pretty, you know, pretty simple to be fair. The only, only issue being Diego Enrique in that game after scoring dislocated his shoulder. So he's out for six weeks. So that just means that's the last game he'll have... He'll have played to Chelsea. Well, he's at Chelsea already, and they gave us, they kindly gave him back to us on loan. So, unless we can get him back again next season, um, he is gone. What I might have to do, talking about the the big game, I don't know how much I'm actually going to be playing by Saturday, Lou, but hopefully by the time I export, when I export the team, he'll still be in it. Uh, so, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, but I'm going to have a difficulty there because although he might be in it, my new goalkeeper, Gustavo Medeiros, he hasn't joined the club yet, so I might not have him. Uh, it might still be Jose Roberto in goal, who's average at best. So, yeah, I feel a bit the same way about not getting too far into the future lest Gatti gets poached, so I know the feeling. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to um, see, yeah. So from the next game, which was away to Fluminense, ironically, Lou, I knew that a point... You know, after that game, I knew that a point would uh, would win me the title. Um, but I didn't actually need that point in the end because Santos lost their game in between the two, which meant that we were crowned champions there and then. So Amazing. after congratulations, yeah, I'm really pleased. So after two years, I've transformed Corinthians from being mid-table bottom half to getting them straight back into the Sudamericana to then. Winning the league, uh, which I was, I'm, I'm really, really pleased with. To be honest, really pleased with. Oh, amazing! I mean, I knew it looked likely, but you know, after the River game, that that and you know, that there could have been a possibility that things just didn't go the way as planned. So I'm really pleased you got it over the line. Um, a hell of an achievement in a really short amount of time. Yeah, I was very happy. Very happy with it, and. You know, it's just, you know, it's it. Yeah, it's good. Like we we, Flamengo weren't at their best this season, but they were they were still, they weren't awful. Uh, you know, they came second in the league. Um, but I think it was just down to you know Fabao, all of his goals. He ended up on thirty four league goals, um, from thirty eight games. In all competitions, he finished on. Give me a second. In all competitions, where is he? Oh, in all competitions, he finished on sixty-three goals from sixty-two starts. Ridiculous. You know, the guy, the guy scores goals. Um, so I think a lot down to him. So I'm looking forward to next season again when we can play in the Libertadores. See how we get on there, and equally see how Flamengo sort of push us back. I'll just touch on those final two league games uh, just so I just for the just so the story is fully told. Fluminense, we went to the Maracanã. We drew nil-nil. Should have, should have won. We were by far the better team, but you know, again, hopefully a nil-nil draw. <laughs> <laughs> again, it's not a uh, 
it's not a pointer to how our, how our match is going to go on Saturday. And then we finished off the season at home against International, where we won 2-1. Jorge Luis, our right wing back, opening the scoring. Fabao getting a second and then uh, International getting a late consolation goal. So we won the league. We won the league in the end by seven points, which which is pretty good going, going to, to Flamengo. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm really, I'm really pleased with that. To be honest, we obviously won the Sudamericana, which is brilliant. But we got knocked out in the first round, second round of the, the cup, if I remember rightly, to some like serious C team, which was pretty, pretty disappointing. Um, again, I won't go into too many more details. I think I'll leave it there because like I, said, I haven't played a huge amount, and I'm just getting back. You know, I only picked this up like a couple of days ago, and you know when you've left a save for a while and you come back to it, and it just it's a bit of a drag to start with. Obviously, it was great the fact that I immediately won the league. That kind of got me straight back into it. And the fact that we're playing our game next Saturday, that really got me into it. Um, I'm just getting back into yeah. it. I haven't signed any players. We've just finished the season. Um, I think a, a tasty transfer to... budget would probably get you back into the save as well. Have you? Has that been announced? Well, on that, we had our... Um, the uh, the club's president uh, presidential presidential election, yeah, and somebody got appointed, and I can't. Even, I might see if I can find them. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to actually find who they are. But they basically came back and said, uh, "Yeah, great, but we're not yeah. investment into the club." Oh, great, that's not ideal, but. Fine, he doesn't need we've got enough money. So whether that means he's not going to invest loads of money into the starting eleven, so into the budget, I don't need that. But if it means that he's not going to use the money that the club has in the transfer market, that could be a, a bit of an issue. He's also started going around trying to buy two players. Um a bit like you know, you had an AC Milan. Uh, <laughs> he's tried to <laughs> Yeah, he just he says it came out. It came through. He says due to the fact you know one of his presidential promises, he's tried to buy a guy called Jonathan Benitez from River Plate, who looks okay as a number ten, but like I'm sure I could find better. Um, and he's trying to sign Walter Cordoba, a guy from Velez, again a centre back who doesn't look that great to be honest. Fortunately, you know he's 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 made offers. He's offered contracts, but at the moment I'm just delaying signing both of them. Because um, like, I need to do some scouting on them. And if they're good enough, maybe I will sign them. If not, I'll just cancel it. I see that see that was an option. Um, I don't know if he's gonna be really pissed off at me if I do that, but you know, I'm not letting him I'm not letting him run my club. As much as he's the president, it is my club now. This is organizational um, politics at its finest. That feels way too real, doesn't it? You know, yeah, it does. Someone's been, someone's been helicoptered in above you and has immediately made a stupid decision. How do you respond? It almost feels like yeah. a choose your own adventure, doesn't it? But it yeah, but, so, I mean, you saw my that's... response at Milan and that was just to leave the club. And hey, at least you haven't got FFP to worry about. So, so yeah, at least you've got that. that, that's that. Very true. Um, small benefit. Yeah, I don't want to leave the club. There. That's what's annoying. I, I, you know, that it does seem like a. I'd like to kick up a fuss, but I don't want to leave. I quite like it. I want to win stuff. You here. don't want them to sack you either, I guess. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I think I would cancel them though. Some of these players, they're international players as well, so they take up spot as my. I know two Argentinians. I know that. Yeah, Can I you just signed a Brazilian. It's just a bit. He's inconsiderate. Exactly. 
Benitez lad looks looks all right. So I might I might keep him as one of the tens, especially as we're losing um, Diego Enrique and you know Kaimi's only here on loan. I might might keep them, but I'm too sure. Like end of season awards and stuff. I'll just read you through a few of these because these are quite interesting. Um, Pabao sets record for most player of the match awards. He got thirteen. He broke the previous record, oh which was twelve, God. from Gabriel Barbosa. Um, Fabal claims Player of the Year um, for Brazilian First Division Player of the Year award. I don't know why this is a different award, but Fabal also wins Best Player. He won the Brazilian First Division Best Player award. Yeah, here Kozak, my Chilean centre half. He won um, Best Foreign Player. Fabal wins Top Goal Scorer, thirty-four goals. Second place was twenty-one goals. Kozak wins Young Player of the Year. Uh, and Jackson wins Manager of the Year. Uh, and then Goalkeeper of the Year was Gustavo Medeiros, who's the lad that's joining me this summer, which is great. Kozak won Best Centre-Half of the Year. Mauro, one of my other centre-backs, won Second Best Centre-Back of the Year. And Fabal won Striker of the Year. So, you know, we absolutely dominated uh, all the awards. We were clearly the best team, with the best players. So, yeah, pretty pretty happy with that. Can't say fairer, fairer than that, really, can you? You know, you've you've been the best team in the league. It's not like you've dominated for so long that it's become normalised. You know, a team jumping from seventh to 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 winning it is obviously one better than Arteta, and a bit like Arteta, you know, there are plenty of players nominated in the Premier League team of the season in that for for Arsenal for their performances so yeah absolutely the same and as it should be for Corinthians especially as you've gone one better and not bored the thing so a damn I mean, good we season did, we, did, we, we did better than that to be fair we we, we were 10th the previous years we've gone from 10th from winning it wow um, the one thing I was the one thing I would say is our, our points total we finished on 80 points and that's certainly not a high points total to win the league um, you know, previous year Flamengo won it with eighty-eight. Um, so yeah. in fact, they've in, in previous years they won it with eighty-eight and eighty-nine. You know, the, so so we've, there's definitely room for improvement still. Yeah, just to put it into perspective, I came second last year with a a, a hut with an eighty-one. So so yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. My exactly. record high for- non-league winning points total. Yeah, which puts it into perspective. So, uh, as much as we won it, I think we did win it pretty much fair and square, but it, 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 the, the context of actually Flamengo also weren't at their best, and I'm, I'm sure they will be next year, means that we definitely still need to improve. Oh, 100%. I think you've got to, you've got to constantly invest and in uplift the squad. And I look forward to seeing how you do it. Hopefully not on my peril, but anyway... We'll see, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, indeed. Go on then, Lou. So I'll, I'll, I'll hand over to you now what's been happening in Fluminense. Indeed. So in Rio, things have been interesting, shall we say. There's been a fair bit okay. going on. I've played more than three games. I, I, I will tell you that. Uh, not too many more. I've played... Uh, I think I've played about seven games and some of them routine, 
some of them pretty eventful. So I'll start you off uh, just a recap of where I left you. So currently second in the league, the usual Flamengo playing incredibly well, um, really tough team with a really deep and effective squad. Um, just beat River over those epic two legs in the Copa Libertadores second round. Um, and the last game I left you on was uh, the first game of... No, no, I didn't. So the game I left you on was a drab nil-nil draw against Atletico Mineiro. So the so the first game after that was a cup tie, the fourth, uh, the first round we're in of the cup, and we were drawn up against Brazilian second division club, uh, Sampaio Correa, and we were we were away at uh Sampaio Correa in the first leg uh in at their ground the Estadio Castello and things started pretty poorly uh their striker with the most fantastic nickname his name is Krigger i kid you not Krigger Krigger how how are you spelling that C H R I G O R trigger or trigger. I put you in trigger, like from you know from Only Fools. It, well, it's very it is very that if he was Brazilian, um, but yeah, or Chirigor, maybe Chirigor, maybe Chirigor. In my head, it's trigger though. It's just it's just a funnier pronunciation. Yeah, it's more, it's more. It's called called trigger. Trigger, yeah, trigger for sure. Trigger starts starts off the scoring in the sixth minute for them. Luckily, though, I didn't have to wait too long for us to get on the score sheet. As from straight away from kickoff in the seventh minute, uh, we put together a nice little move, finished off by Miguel Figuera to make it one all. Um, then Maximiliano Gatti doubles our doubles for us. Uh, so in the eleventh minute, he scores one. He's been ex- he's just been excellent this season. Uh, just the pickup that I hoped he would be uh, leading to us, leading two one. Uh, they then pull one back through Jonathan Beron. Uh, so at half time, it's two all. Not quite what you want. We get we at the minute the especially with the 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 Krieger first goal. It's um. It seems to be a case of us just being hit on the counter quite a lot. I don't think we play a particularly high line, but for whatever reason, teams just seem to get in behind us on yeah. the counter. But as always, if there's a if there's an important moment, uh, one man steps up and to to really put us out of sight, Mamini pops up with a brace in the 64th and 80th minute to to make it a four-two victory against uh, Sampaio Correa. Uh, and that was... So we've got a decent lead to take home to the Maracanã, as we should do um, against a second division team. 
So then we have a, a league match. So we have a, a pretty uh, a funny league match because I think really we didn't play very well. Um, Sao Paulo opened the scoring through Perea, who's a who's a really tasty looking um, attacking midfielder striker, sort of deep lying forward. Uh, for them, he's a regen. He's twenty-one. He looks a really exceptional talent, and um, certainly a player I'm interested in. Although I'm not quite sure where I fit him into my team, but uh, he's he opens the scoring for them in the fourth minute, and that's the way it stays until half time. We're playing really poorly. We're not really stringing anything together. Um, not really playing well at all. Um, so I give him a bit of a come on lads what are you doing you know this is this is we're just not we're not hitting what we should be and then Mamini as he always has a tendency to comes out listens to me understands that the ball needs to go into the net not not either side of the posts he's worked out <laughs> that it does need to go into the net and in the 48th oh, minute Gets us an equaliser. I know you'd think most players would understand that by now, but some of them really struggle with it. I've found, but he's the one who's really grasped the notion that it needs to go between the poles. So, so, so he gets us one back, and then Miguel Figuera gets us a really hard-fought win in the seventy-fifth minute with a real turnaround in the second half. Um, and oh God, I hadn't realised that this starts a trend. I, I kid you not. This is funnier to tell it this way than to tell it in detail. This starts a trend of five two ones in a row, five, <laughs> and all of them to us. So we win five games, including that one, in a row two one. So enough sport. Some of it. So we win our win our. Uh, Returning cup match 2-1 with goals through Fabio Arroz and Guillermo Gomez uh, scoring a penalty in the 86th minute. Uh, they had Matazinho sent off in the 61st uh, and scored one through Patrick Luan in the 78th. Uh, we then go away to Coritiba in the league. They score off kickoff with their very rapid striker who's called Renan. He's uh, a regen he he's really overperforming. I had a look at his XG recently. He's about plus four in terms of XG, which part of me thinks is not a good thing because surely that's statistically going to come down next season. So, and he's not best in terms of attributes, but he's clearly just can. He's quick. He's Michael Owen as a youngster. And what it'd be interesting to have seen if Michael Owen. Um, had overachieved his XG when he was younger, but obviously we don't know from a statistical perspective where he did or not. If, he's, if, he's, if this lad's an above-average finisher, then an above-average finisher, then his XG won't come down. It's just it's a good yeah, indication true, of how good a finisher. True, true, true. Um, so, so in that match, Fede Flores, your man, 43 minutes, gets us an equaliser, and Andre, uh, the central midfielder defensive midfielder makes it to for a penalty in the 84th it was a it was a cheap penalty but you take them when they come for you it looked to me it didn't look like a foul but johnny rivas 
had enough of an effective piece of simulation to convince the referee. But you know, I thought I it thought worked. it was going to be. It was one of those where you think VAR is going to overturn it because it's soft. And even the game was like, this is a soft penalty, and I and I agree completely. But <laughs> them's the breaks, um, as as our disgraced former prime minister would say. So um, that led to another away game, a really tough fought derby game uh, against Vasco da Gama. And this was a really interesting game because I had to really heavily rotate the squad. So I really thought, you know what, I've just got to prioritise the next match, which was the first game of the Libertadores um, against Sporting Cristal. So I really prioritised that match. I played the second team, but luckily a combination of Fabio Arroz and Babs Lucas Barbosa got us over the line, scoring in the first half. Uh, they got one back through Martin Ejeda, but it wasn't enough. So in the hard-fought Rio derby, uh, we come away with a two-one win again. The the fourth the fourth two-one win in a row. So that just leaves the fifth two-one win, which was uh, a was the first leg of the Libertadores. And just to remind you, this, well, sorry, first leg of the Libertadores quarterfinal against Sporting Cristal. Um, and you have at, quite a nice route to the final, don't you? I do, yes, I do. Um, and, the, and, and Sporting Cristal are a really interesting club, um, both one for their context within our podcast and two for the real-life context. So Sporting Cristal are a Peruvian club who, in terms of the podcast, you may remember I beat in the Sudamericana final with Universidad de Chile. But also in real life, they have an even more interesting context with Fluminense, which is that Fluminense have reached the Libertadores final and the Sudamericana final once, both competitions once. Both times they lost to Sporting Cristal. And it was in consecutive years. So wow. in nine, I think it was nineteen ninety-three, they lost to Sporting Cristal in the Libertadores final. Then that in the following year, they both teams made it back to the Sudamericana final. Um, and they lost to Sporting Cristal again in the Sudamerica Sudamericana final. And if I remember correctly. They lost on penalties both times. So, so, so re- I'm looking through it now. Well, it doesn't, I can't seem to see that for Lewis. I was about to say, didn't really cheapen, so that's not true because they won it. Uh, they won it in 2020, 20, uh, 2026, but obviously that's very much in my game. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, it's had a different year for mine. Hang on. Anyway, talk, talk us. Talk but us I might be, I might be I wrong. Had, I but had... I thought it was in the nineties. I looked on Wikipedia. I saw this on Wikipedia. So maybe it's a case of Wikipedia not being trusted. There. Oh no, sorry. It was Liga de Quito in two thousand and eight. Who knocked Fluminense yeah. out? Who were another? And then they also did the same in two thousand and nine. In the Sudamericana. Uh, sorry, in my head I thought it was... Okay, 
So I've completely fabricated that. It's amazing what it's but amazing. It's quite, what a nice your brain does. it's quite a nice story, regardless. Yeah, it's a nice story. It's a completely inaccurate story, but it's amazing. You assume something and your brain fills in the blanks. Don't uh, let facts get in the way of a good story. No, indeed. And it was a great story. Um, and it, it was a better story in terms of the pod and the game because we went at home, we played nicely against them. We had to put in a really professional performance. Maximiliano Gatti opening the scoring after five minutes. Uh, Fede Flores from the other flank. The two Argentinians, uh, well, really three Argentinians equal goals in my team. And that is obviously the, the holy trinity of Mamini, Fede Flores and Maximiliano Gatti. And in yeah. this instance, it was the two wingmen uh, getting the goals and Sporting Cristal getting one back in the 21st, the 21st, 82nd minute through okay. Brian Sandoval. So, so that's that was the era of the 2 1. Uh, quite a, quite a, 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 an interesting run. It's very rare that you have, I mean, if we exclude the previous two results from it, would have been, uh, Six two ones in eight games is pretty statistically unlikely, I would suggest, which is uh, quite a ridiculous set of fixtures. Absolutely, but, that definitely is very unlikely. So, so there's just a few more games to talk about. As a result, then, that's just left three games uh, to talk about, which fortuitously, uh, for variety, were not 2-1 2-1 victories. So, uh, the next game was a league match against Avai, uh, the, uh, the, who are a bit of a surprise package this season. I've got to say, they're not the biggest team in the league, but they've been really punching above their weight. So, uh, they're, they're, they're part of a, a kind of chasing pack, is the terminology you use, which I really like. Um, Behind uh, myself, obviously, Flim- Renzo's Fluminense and uh, Flamengo, who are who are leading the way, and they've and, and for a club with not much of a, a a budget, and you know they're not a big Brazilian club, they've done really really well for themselves, and not with a particularly great set of players, just a really good team. Um, so we knew we were in for a stern test. Um, when the match kicked off, we were in second. They were in fourth. Um, so, frustratingly for us, we didn't start well at all. Um, and on on the twenty seventh minute, Lazaro, um, their their striker, uh, kicked things off, which. Again, we just we've been getting out of the blocks really poorly in matches, and this was another case of us being caught in behind. Um, so you know we keep playing. We're not playing brilliantly. Uh, we're not you know creating too much, but out of nothing, uh, Mamini nicks the ball off their centre back, uh, who has had a bit of a suicide back pass from their defensive midfielder. He pre- he's held on to it for a bit too long. Mamini nicks it off the centre-back, dribbles through and smashes it past 
past their keeper to make it one all. But it didn't stay like that for very long because they go back ahead through Anderson. They, they made it 2-1. They made it 2-1 through Anderson, Cordero, their, their winger cutting inside, slotting one past Gene Genie in goal. Who, you know, I've got to say, did not have his best match. He did not. He oh. ended the match on a six point four. It was not. Uh, it was not one of his uh, best moments. I've got to be said. However, having done nothing all game and sitting on a rock bottom rating, Marquinhos uh, on the stroke of half time decides to curl in a free kick into the top corner to make it two all. So despite not really playing that well. We'd managed to 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 get away with one, really. I've got to say, if you go in at two, point. two or uh, into half time, you do you you're okay. And you that, definitely feel like you stole a point then. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And that kind of set the set the precedent for the match because Martinelli, uh, who is their defensive midfielder of all people. Uh, did a bit of an oral and many against England and smashed one in against us. We didn't close him down. We thought, this lad's not got it in his locker to smash one in against us. And guess what he did, Tom? He smashed he one smashed in against us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't close him down. I'd gone, I think because Lazaro had caught us on the counter and this had become a real thing, I'd, I'd got us to drop back a bit. And I still want, but I still wanted the lads to work hard. I just didn't want us. I just wanted us to be a bit more compact. Instead, they were like, you know what? Now we'll just we can, we can just be compact. We'll leave space in front of us. But no, Martinelli decided it was his day. Smashed one in from range, but not content on going at uh, leaving the Maracanal with nothing. We treated the fans to one more goal. Through you know who, my man, my my idol, my as Catherine talked about the other day, my OG. I mean, it's crazy to think he joined me at the end of the second season in the Chilean second division, and he's still banging them in at the top level of Brazilian football. My OG, Mamini Cooper, Evo Mamini. gets one back for us in the 72nd and that's how it remained a three all in a really fun tasty encounter against Avai and I really thought uh, most of the way through the match we were going to be deservedly beaten but the lads just find a way so that they was no they didn't know how to be beaten they really don't unless the team is called Flamengo but but uh, but that's only been one game. We've only lost one game this season, and that was to Flamengo four-one. That is the only and game. What, and how lost. many games have you played? Uh, oof, I don't, I'm not sure in all competitions in the league. We've played yeah. half a season, literally, as in nineteen games. That's pretty good going. Oh, actually, I suppose the only other game 19. we've lost is against Liverpool, but I don't really count that. Yeah. You know, losing five-three yeah. to Liverpool in the club. I oh, know we sorry, I lie, we lost to Atletico Paranense in the league as well. So I'm lying a bit, but but we've not lost like, a lot. Like your Libertadores and Sudamericana yeah. final story as well. 
Sounds better. I'm not. I'm not having a good week in terms of the facts. Is uh, that sounds 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 like the thing that uh, that sounds like the worst excuse at a fraud trial, doesn't it? I'm having a bad week in terms of the facts. This is Lewis, no, no, Lewis. This is this is alternative facts, and also this is your, you're speaking your truth. <laughs> yeah, true. Sorry, I forgot about that. I forgot. I forgot I had that possibility. Now I'm speaking, speaking my truth, truth about that may not have aligned with the facts of reality, but it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Yeah, warp them to fit your narrative. Agree completely. So that just leaves two games having dealt with. Um dealt with the kind of tasty of eye clash and that is the second leg against sporting cristal in the copper libertadores and then a tasty cup clash in the quarterfinal because the gods have drawn flamengo and fluminense together at the quarterfinal stage of this year's nice. copa de brazil and fantastic the results are interesting, let's say that. So, just the second leg of the Libertadores quarterfinal uh, to tackle. And you may be sensing a theme here, and I've already trumpeted their brilliance, but the Argies did it again. Uh, Federico Flores in the 17th minute and Mini in the 50th Um Really putting, uh, putting, putting Sport and Cristal to the sword. Uh, they, it was funny. It was good. Mini had a really poor first leg, and I thought, you know what? I'm actually going to start Fabio or Ros. Then Mini played incredibly against Vi, and I put Mini in, and he rewarded me with a goal. And you know what? A favourable fixture. But still one that could have been a banana peel. You know, you've seen stranger things happen. So getting the job done away from home. I set us up on the counter. I've got to say, early doors, Sporting Cristal should have had one, possibly two. We got a Gene having had a bit of a shocker against Avai, remembered that he did need to play well if we wanted to progress and did some really great sweeping particularly closing down a one-on-one against uh, against their striker to, to keep us in it when it was nil-nil um, and to keep the clean sheet and we get out of we get out of uh, we get out of Estadio Alberto Gallardo with our 280 away fans uh, being relieved I would say because we've soaked up the early pressure and then hit them on the counter the first Federico Flores goal was pretty scrappy. It was a cross from uh, from uh, Rivas because Gatti was injured. Uh, Gatti got injured during the course of the game. The ball comes in, um, hits the defender. The defender can't clear it in time, so Flores just smacks it in off his foot. So it was it was not a pretty goal, but we got the job done. So that just leaves. Uh, the first leg of the Copa de Brazil quarterfinal. Uh, so I'm going to say this, as I against say, before, Flamengo. against Flamengo. I'm going to say this before every match that has this kind of outcome. Buckle up, Thomas. 
this is oh my Lord. this is a bumpy ride. Uh, to quote Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the shrunken head in the night bus, uh, for those of you who have seen that film. So, as this was a real scrape the barrel, the players are knackered. I've had uh, one thing I've not touched upon during this run of fixtures. We have had so many injuries, so many injuries. Gatti, Andre... Both left backs apart from Babs. So Roberto Carlos, the regen, youth wonder kid, not the 40 year old uh, former. I love how I could say he's the former Real Madrid left back, or I could say the former manager of Anzai Makachakalaka. Um, <laughs> both, both things are true. Uh, and which is which is rare for me on today's pod, as we found out, because that it can be well, yeah. verified. I definitely want to fact check that after I didn't know I didn't actually know he I know he played for them. I thought I thought he played for them. I didn't know he managed them. That needs to be fact checked after your uh... Yeah, I'm pretty certain. Oh no, yeah. No, no, no. He was the coach, Lewis. Yeah. Is that not the manager? Well, on let's put it this way, on his managerial career stem on or bio on Wikipedia, it says he managed three clubs and against Angie Makalakalaka Laka, it has in brackets coach. Well, that's that's close enough. I wonder if there was a manager employed at the same close time. Enough, as close well. enough for your truth. Close enough for your truth again. <laughs> oh, well, actually, here we go. I'm, I've now gone into some more reading. Okay, Roberto Carlos had a brief spell as interim manager at Angie Macacacalaca in early 2012. He later criticised the club upon resigning alongside manager Gus Hiddink. Okay, I don't know. So I think, for my truth, that's close enough. As my father would say, okay, yeah. close enough for a country job is uh, one of Dad's favourite expressions, and I think that one is relevant here. So so before pointless tangents about Roberto Carlos's managerial career or not, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of injuries. Some of them the usual candidates. Marquinhos is a constant sick note. Lucas Barros, the left-back, constant sick note. Um Andre, not frequently injured, but does get injured. Um, uh, yeah, so a, a tricky a tricky run of fixtures um, with a, a squad that is increasingly thin, um, which led to an interesting starting lineup against uh, against uh, Flamengo because all of the players who were the first choice for their positions had just played the more important game against Sporting Cristal in the Libertadores. So I'll just run through the uh, starting lineup and and just give you a sense of of how we initially started this match. So Renato Carlos, backup keeper. Thiago, normally an attacking left midfielder playing at right wing back. Uh, Adriano, usually a central midfielder playing right-sided centre-back. Sangelo Cavalcante, uh, while I have played him at centre-back, by trade, he is a central midfielder. Andre, uh, that is the not central midfielder Andre, but right wing-back, well, really he's a full-back, but right wing-back Andre playing at left wing-back. Uh, Mateus Fernandez playing in his correct position, first one of more or less the entire squad. Um, Zhao... Uh, uh, so this I'll just touch upon this now because actually I should have done it with right wing back Andre, but I've decided sensibly to rename 
my 18-year-old uh, regen, Zhao Victor, to Zhao Souza so that he is not... I don't accidentally click on him or substitute him in for right-sided centre-back, uh, 31-year-old Zhao Victor. So, so Zhao Souza, the 18-year-old regen, starting at right-central midfield... Um, uh, then Jean Marcelo actually playing at centre back. He is a centre back. Uh, second choice Johnny Rivas starting at right wing. Uh, second choice left winger Marquinhos starting, and second choice striker Fabio Arroz starting. So it was as second choice and as cobbled together a backline you could get. Um, so that just gives you a bit of a prelude to. What uh, what turned out to be an interesting game. So, where to begin? Uh, we started terribly. This is a this as expected with a team like that, as expected, with the barrel being fully scraped. Yeah, as 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 much as as much as you could expect. This was the away leg at the Maracanã. So, in a stadium. That is our home stadium. We took four thousand fans for an eighty-cap stadium, which I find interesting. Um, and Pedro, who while he is leaving uh, at the end of the season to go to Brighton uh, on on the beginning of uh, January, first of January, twenty thirty, so New Year's Day. Uh, while he is leaving to go to Brighton, uh, not before. Scoring in the 16th minute against us. He's very much been their second choice. I'm quite annoyed because he's a really good striker to be sitting around. And I tried to pinch him, as I think I told you about a couple of years ago, and he wasn't having any of it. And I think, you know what, it's kind of served him right. But at the same time, it'd be quite useful in the rotation. Um, He started at 16 minutes. And then our pain was very much, uh, very much doubled. Uh, and this is another strange statistic, along with the five two ones. Uh, Santiago Simon uh, has scored two goals this season. The goal that he scored in the thirty seventh minute of this match against us, and he's also scored in a game. Uh, he also he scored. He does tend to, but only twice. Remember. He also scored in one as a game this season, and that was in the Libertadores. And that was for River Plate in the Libertadores against us in, <laughs> in the first leg of the three-all draw. He scored in the fifty following... He scored in the 52nd minute there and the 37th minute here against us. Having so basically he just likes having us as a whipping boy. This is a fullback. Like this is a fullback, and all around. he does. His score against us. So it quite unbelievable that the, he scored two goals this season and both of them were against Fluminense. He clearly relishes us. It's like he's just circling it on the fixture list. Like, when can I get the next goal? That's brilliant. I yeah, love I, I, I loved love it. it. I, I saw it. I thought, I recognize that name. I know that man. Yep, he scored two goals. He scored for River, immediately got on a plane to Rio and then scored against us the next time he faced us, which is pretty oh, good going. Good man. So, so yeah, yeah, you, you could do with him in your side at the weekend. But 
So we get yeah, one. I might, I might sign him just just to, oh, if he's a real player. I might just sign him. <laughs> yeah, he actually is. Um, so John Rivers, out of nothing, and he's been poor all game up until this point, finds a sliver of space in their box in the channels and just smacks one in. It was a really Mumini-esque goal, which is interesting because I'm pretty certain he le- he learned the trait, tries first-time shots from Mumini uh, via mentoring. So he, he very Mumini goal, smacks one in, makes it 2-1 on the cusp of half-time. And at this point, I think, you know what? I've seen enough here. Uh, to put it into perspective, uh, Adriano at right centre-back was on a 6.2. Sangelo Cavalcante has got the worst rating I've probably ever seen for a long time for us on FM with a 5.9. Like, that's not good. I can take a 6.4 and say it's a bad day. A, a 5.9 is pretty bad. Um, Fabio Ross was also on a 6.4. Uh, and I think, you know what? I've seen enough. Marquinhos also gets injured around this time. So I bring on a real platoon swap of four players. I bring on Mumini, Federico Flores up top, and I bring on Jao Vitor, and I think it was one other, and I can't remember who it was, but and Jao Vitor uh, at centre-back to just sort it out. Um Oh, and I bring on Guillermo Gomez as well. Sorry, that was the fourth. So I bring on Guillermo Gomez for Adriano at right centre-back. Xavitor at left-sided centre-back. And I just think, and just set us up defensively. And I think, you know what, I'll take a 2-1. Let's just get out of here. We get a chance to still be in the next fixture. Well, that wasn't the case uh, because Vitor Roque, my nemesis, strikes again. In the 61st minute, uh, to make Barcelona's it Barcelona's Vitor Roque. Oh, has he just moved there in real life? Mm. Barcelona's Vitor Roque, uh, stri- strikes, but actually, I've there were so many goals, I missed one because Pedro has already scored a goal in the 55th minute. So, right now, it's currently 4 1. 4-1 after 61 minutes. And Barcelona's Vitor Roque. It would have been far better if they signed him in this game. Goodness sake. Um, uh, has made it 4-1 after 61 minutes. Make it minutes. happen, mate. It's your truth. Fucking move it. <laughs> I can't. It's not my player. <laughs> it's not my player. It's not my player, son. Can't do your that. truth. Yeah, I should just be like, look, you should really look at this player. He's not on our team. <laughs> Imagine, I'd like that idea. Getting get, getting European clubs to scout your opposition players. And that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Please. Part, part-time, part-time manager of Fluminense, part-time scout for yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, just like, look, I've got this really good player for Flamengo you might want to take a look at. Um, anyhow, so... So that left us in a pretty awful position. I've made these subs. These subs haven't worked. Um, and I'm staring into rock bottom and fearing this could become embarrassing. But luckily, in the 66th minute, 
the mini gives me a shred of hope. And I think, you know what, 4-2, you know, it doesn't sound as bad as 4-1. It doesn't sound great. I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, But yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound horrendous. Uh, and we keep going. I don't really think a lot of it. I've kind of, by this point, I've put it on key highlights and I just kind of want to get to the end of the match. Um, just kind of want to get out of there with some semblance of respect. And things get better because Fede Flores uh, decides to to get on the end of one at the back stick and stick it in and it's 4-3. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? Like, what in the world is going on here? Like, it's a cup game. I've got my second choice keeper in goal. I'm, I've played the kids. The kids have been terrible. I've played a bunch of knackered, decent players. But something's just happening. And and I think, but I think, oh, no, there's no time left. So so we get all the way to injury time. And, and I'm thinking, great, well... Well, we've got out of here four three. I can do something about it in the second leg. I'm thinking, great. So we get we get a highlight. It's the final whistle, um, and it's not the final whistle. Uh, Johnny Rivas gets on one down the right hand side, um, and I think, okay, so he's you know dribbles towards their box. He gets chopped down outside the box. So I think, okay, it's a free kick. They'll probably just blow the whistle. It's time. No, we take the free kick. Um, uh, who would have been over the ball? It probably, probably, yeah, probably would have been Rivas over the ball. So Rivas over the ball, curls one in. Shalvitor, the right centre back, gets on it at the back stick, and in the ninety plus seventh, somehow from four one at sixty one minutes. We've ended up somehow getting out of the Maracanã with a four-all draw, and oh my lord! I've no, just a ridiculous game, just like from being absolutely dead and buried. We just scored a goal, scored another goal, and then out of nothing at the death, Chalvitor just gets his head on it. And it's all to play for in the second leg. And I was I was quite happy to write the cup off this year. I'll be completely honest with you. But now it makes me want to take it seriously. Because if we can get a psychological oh, edge, if we can get yeah. a psychological edge over Flamengo in front of what looks increasingly likely to be a a uh, a Libertadores Fla Flu Derby final. Um that would be amazing. So that's that's where I'll leave you. Um, a couple Why of things. Why to leave us? I know. It's, it was a, it's, this season feels like it's been going on forever, and then I've still got half a season to play. I suppose the 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 um, Club World Cup certainly added to to the sheer amount of FM I've had to play to get any progress this season. But you know what? It's been such a journey. It's been such an interesting season. Um, so a bit final thing to touch on. Uh, is well, there's a bit more AOB, any other business that is firstly, who are we facing in the next round of the Libertadores? Uh, I can tell you that the way that played out, so the quarters 
our side of the draw, it was the other game in our side of the draw was Emelec, an Ecuadorian club versus Coritiba, a Brazilian club. I'm sure you can guess from just the countries who won that game. Say that again. So Emelec, Ecuadorian versus Coritiba, yes. Brazilian. Well, you'd like you'd, you'd expect it to be Coritiba, wouldn't you? It, and, and funnily enough, over two legs, Coritiba win 4-2. So we um, will be facing Coritiba. You know what? Perfect. They gave us a bit of they gave us a bit of jip in the league. They what was the last match we played against them? Uh we played we beat them 2-1, but they look good. And they've got a re, they they've got Renan who looks quite tasty. They've also got a regen who I really want to sign but keeps rejecting me called uh, Ed Milson Palomares, who is a 17-year-old who looks like a really, really tasty inside forward. But right now, even though I keep triggering his release clause, he's having none of it. But we shall see if we can beat him and steal him. That would be great. Yeah. Um, so, so that's my side of the draw. And then the other side of the draw is... Uh, was Flamengo versus Atletico Paranese and Vasco da Gama versus Palmeiras. Uh, hazard a guess? Who do you think came through that? And one of them you can probably uh, guess. Yeah, I take, take Palmeiras. Uh, oh, interesting. Well, Vasco, Vasco, da Gama, Vasco da Gama actually, in both of our saves, they're doing pretty well. So maybe that's that's maybe a toss-up. I'd, no, I'd, I'll, go, I'll go Palmeiras. Okay, so... You were right that it was a toss-up because it was a really close game, but Vasco da Gama just edged it 3-2. They're actually having a really poor season in the league by their own quite high standards. But good, um, a good Libertadores run currently. So they've made it to the semis where they will face, unsurprisingly, uh, Flamengo, who beat Atletico Paranese 7-4. So pretty comfortable for the best team. I in. sort of really hope. I, I'm, I don't. I'm, I wonder if you do as well. Yeah, but I really hope Flamengo do get to that final. Yeah. It would just be. A, be what, what I mean, but the thing is, be. it's it's as long as I beat Curitiba, it's guaranteed to be a Rio derby in the final, which is pretty cool. It'd be funny if it's in the Monumental. Oh, it's in the Metropolitano <laughs> Roberto Melendez in Colombia. That'd be interesting. Take. You wouldn't say no to it. But anyway, I've got to get there first. And then just a, a tiny bit more AOB before we call it uh, call it an evening. And that is uh, that um, for a second season in a row, uh, I've had a player whisked away at the transfer deadline from having by having his release clause uh, triggered without a time to say goodbye. And first up was Pingu. Who is it now? Yeah, it's Pinga. I love that you just. I prefer the. I shouldn't even correct you because I quite like the fact you call him Pingu. Yeah, first up it was Pinga. Now Guillermo Gomez, uh, the Peruvian who I took from Sporting Cristal for a whopping seven hundred and seventy-five k, has been whisked off to the other side of Madrid. He's been whipped off to Atletico Madrid for twenty-one point five million. Nice. Nice. So that release clause was, I reckon, perfectly pitched because I didn't actually rate him that much. And I was going to sell him in January <laughs> anyway. But Madrid, and there's only a squad player at Atletico, which I find really interesting. That's his, that's his playing time. How old is he? 
he's not old. He's about 19, I think. He's really okay. good. Okay. He's really good. Okay. He's just not... His ratings aren't as good as his attributes are. You know what I mean? He's one of those players who kind of plays down as opposed to plays up. Like, Mamini plays up. I think Mamini overachieves his pure attributes. Um, but, yeah, he's 20. So he's just turned 20, Guillermo Gomez. Interestingly, usually when a player goes to Europe, they're worth a lot more than what they paid for. But actually, uh, uh, interestingly, he's valued at between 16.5 and 23. So actually, it's not one of those where he's gone to Europe and his price has skyrocketed. Um, and that puts uh, a club... Re- we've now achieved a club record single season uh, transfers out of 92 mil. So pretty it's good... Incredible. Pretty good uh, sales. We're, financially, we are absolutely loaded. Looking at some potential... Uh, I've asked the board for more money, unsurprisingly, having made them a fortune. But we shall see if that request is granted. Anyhow, that is uh, the end of my update. It's been a, a bit like you, just a case of getting up to speed, getting back into the swing of things after the, after the summer break. Uh, really looking forward to our competitive weekend i've been looking forward to this saturday for a long time at this point so so i'm well up for it Wait, by the time by the time we podcast either lewis one of us is going to be on a high one of us is going to be on a low that's that's assuming we're still on speaking terms yeah and it just gives it just gives it just gives the other one an opportunity to fight back or by the end of that second leg someone's going to be in a incredibly disappointing mood having lost both Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And what a place to leave it on. Thank you all for listening. Um, Apologies again for our extended summer break. Uh, It's been, we've, we really enjoy making this pod, but sometimes life just gets in the way and we try to carve out time in our diaries and sometimes it's just not possible, but we really love bringing this pod to you. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Who Uses a Director of Football, Sudamericana Adventure. Have a fantastic end to your week and catch you this weekend with another bonus podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.